So welcome to Hopeful Conversations. I'm Vicky Montague and I'm joined by Kate Serin today. And Kate is someone that I've literally only just met in the last few months. And Kate and I are doing um, a holistic health course together um, online. And she heard that I was doing these podcasts and conversations and felt that it would be helpful for others to, to share her story. So I'm not gonna say very much because I don't know very much. And I'm as interested as you, the listener, is in, in what Kate is gonna share with us. Um, and I think it's gonna be a really valuable, hopefully a valuable conversation for people. So Kate, do you wanna just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the health challenges that you've had and kind of where you are with it all now? Yeah, certainly. So um, my uh, journey has been a lifelong journey with quite severe mental illness. And um, when I say quite severe, we're talking psychosis, hallucinating, um, uh, not knowing what was real, um, being suicidal, suicide ideation, and all the things that go alongside in the background, depression, anxiety. So um, yeah, so it's been, quite intense it's been all of my life really that I can remember my first really big psychotic episode if you want to call it that was at 11. Wow. So um, yeah big part of my life um, come in and out of focus over my life it isn't like a constant thing but you know a few years off and then back into it so um, to the point where in 2010 I was uh, kind of um, I don't think the right word is registry, registered disabled, but I was on disability living allowance. Right. My partner was my carer. Yeah. I was seen as never being able to work again. Um, I was housebound. I couldn't go out the house. I was, I don't know what it is in kilograms, but I was 21 stone. <laughs> I was, um, couldn't get out of the chair. So that, for, um, anyone, for anyone listening and <laughs> you can't see Kate, that's, significantly larger than you are now yeah I lost nine stone after <clears throat> so it was just uh so take it back to December 2014 I was housebound I couldn't get out of a chair mm -hmm. I was on disability living allowance my partner was my full-time carer mm -hmm. and I was on three or four different types of medication and that was it I had, you know that was my life I had been my life of that that uh, severely for about five years. Wow. Uh, so yeah, um, and now, well, since 2015, I'm on no medication, lost nine stone, can walk five miles without thinking about it, <laughs> go on courses. <laughs> so yeah, just like it, it, and to me now, rather than up until that point I'd always been afraid I would be ill again I'm not at all now how interesting mm. so what was the turning point in what what kind of happened I guess so you, you 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 know you talked about having had this mental health issues for a very long time in your life which presumably kind of had they got to the worst point in 2010 yeah yeah you would say yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so it was leading up to becoming I mean 
they were pretty bad at other times but this was a time that I actually committed in my mind to doing whatever the um I want to say NHS but like it's not a generalized I was going to follow the protocol because I'd been in and out of it for so long and I'd like had had meds and like had psychiatrists and they're just like no go go like no I'm okay I'll go and because it had kept coming back and coming back and getting worse and worse I thought no this time I'm committing to follow whatever treatment through whatever they give me so over it was actually more than five years because when it started started before then Mm. my commitment to it and what happened was they kept just increasing 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 my medication giving me more and more and more medication so uh i was on antidepressants antipsychotics uh tranquilizers and sleeping tablets wow um which in effect you can see why i couldn't move yeah i was gonna say no wonder you were (laughs) out and and, and, yeah and had that much weight because i presume you didn't do anything yeah, it's comatose. And the other thing that those meds did to me, which is possibly the worst part, is that they erase some of my memory. So my memory of that time, I look back and there's just a black hole. I can't see anything. I see a photo of my daughter. She was 12. I didn't know her when she was 12. You know, if I look at my son at 16. Yeah, so there's this five five to six year gap where my memory's erased. So that's kind of, for me, that's the worst thing everything else is okay because it's just what I had to had to happen so um sometime in 2014 I changed psychiatrist mm-hmm. and they took me off one of the meds or tapered off one of them I can't even remember which one it was but no. I think it was um and my memory is very fragmented at this time but I'm told I became able to watch tv and know what was happening in a program uh speak to somebody and apparently in that time i'd been really interested in non-duality before like um people that spoke about non-duality i can't tell in and uh, there was a i said apparently i don't remember i said to my partner i i really want to hear that again i really need to hear that again Wow. And we found somebody doing a uh, satsang online, a teacher that I'd seen before from America, Pamela Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I started listening to her every Sunday. And there was something in that. There was something big in that about what you're feeling. You should listen to it. Mm-hmm. And it was about, she'd say things like, oh, if you're, angry there's no point in telling the anger to go away it's already come in sat on the sofa and had a cup of guys cup of tea you might as well sit and listen to what it has to say mm-hmm. so I started listening to her and I can remember speaking to her like I'd go, it was a public satsang but anyone can answer questions I'd say but the doctors say and she'd say well what 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 are the emotions saying what what's it saying to you why are they there and she also did a, quite a big thing about thanking them as well thank you for being here thank you for being here fear thank you for what what do you have to say to me so that was one thing mm. I see it as so much more like I look back now and it was completely holistic healing because uh-huh. at the same about December 2014 I really hurt my back 
and I got referred to a physiotherapist. And she was like, oh, wow, you can't get out of the chair. We have to get you to get out of the chair. That's, that's a terrible thing. You can't get out of the chair. Wow. And so she started, I started doing physio exercises every single day. Mm. And, um, and then my mom paid for me to have some bowing technique. Mm -hmm. And the bowing person was like, of course you can walk down the hill. Of course you can walk. Let's, let's help you walk. Yeah. Wow. So I had physio, I had bowing, and I really think those two were get life game changers. And then in about March 2015, um, they told me that the, the uh, authorities, whatever medical profession, told me that um, they'd done everything they could. They couldn't give me any more therapy, so they were just going to leave me on the tablets and off, off you go. So had you been having some talking therapies up to that? I had, yeah, I had, but basically I was too drugged to benefit from them. Um, and then my, my therapist had been off for six months, she'd been in a car accident, and so they'd waited for her to come back, and then they decided that I should no longer have therapy because it wasn't working and they hadn't got the resources. And so I was leading up to that decision, I was absolutely devastated. I was ringing the crisis line every night with the tablets lined up in front of me to kill myself. Like, Every night I'd be, help me, I'm going to kill myself, please. Or some Samaritans, crisis line, anybody just ringing in the middle of the night, bleeding and pleading for help. And what can they say to you? <laughs> I mean, one of the social workers just said, oh, calm down, make yourself some toast and a cup of tea. Maybe that was good advice, but at the time it felt like I was wild, like wildly out of control, wildly begging for help and then we got a letter with a decision saying well we're not going to give you therapy anymore you're just on these tablets forever and that's it and there was just this moment where I knew I either had to kill myself or get better and I, I don't recommend this to anybody else but that was my pivotal moment and but I have to say in the background, there was physical movement, there was the spirituality. Mm -hmm. I perhaps didn't realise this till years later, that had been in the background for four months before I made this decision. It had been coming to this crisis head point. Mm -hmm. But the background, my body had begun to move, my spirit had begun to move. Yeah. So... I made the choice then and there to take myself off the tablets without any reference to them, which I don't recommend to wow. anybody. Don't recommend to anybody. Um, and the other thing was we were completely broke because we were living off like disability living allowance. Yeah. And my partner, a, a credit card came up on Amazon. And he said, we're going to use that credit card to pay for a, a, a therapist outside of the NHS. Wow. And that's what we did. So this is now we're getting to kind of May 2015. I've got therapist outside the NHS. I've got Bowen. I've got physio. I've got the spirituality. Mm -hmm. And it's all just beginning to take, make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was August 2015. I walked half a mile for the first time. Wow. 
but uh, yeah. And then the other big change I made was I was had been eating absolutely appallingly when I was ill. Right. I would only eat like croissants and scones and <laughs> toast. And, and I'd wanted to, I was vegetarian. I'd been vegetarian since I was in my twenties. I wanted to be vegan. Mm -hmm. So I decided that I would become vegan. But as I was reading about recipes and stuff, mm -hmm. got really interested in the health aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I didn't just become a vegan. I became like a whole food plant-based vegan. Yeah. So my food completely changed. I cut out, um, at the time I cut out biscuits and cakes. I allowed myself chocolate, like dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. But that was another thing. So in that time then, stopping the meds lost some weight and then doing the plant-based diet took the rest off. Yeah. And I lost nine stone in that nine months. <gasps> oh my goodness. Yeah. So it was, it was just, it just all came together. And I always kind of credited it to, like I made the decision. I did make the decision. But when I look back, I took care of my body. I started eating well. I started moving. I had support. The, the Bowen therapist was an amazing support. You know, she was lovely. You know, I had a, the, the, the psychologist I only actually saw four times, but didn't need to anymore. Wow because she just said to me well no wonder you feel that way I was like oh yeah and I carried on listening to Pam and the other thing that I did is I started going to um gong baths which I'd always wanted to do so I had sound therapy so it's just like you look back and it was every aspect of my being I accidentally and innocently took care of yeah and it's so cool hearing your story because it just it just points me back to this fact that you know that, that, that what I share in my in my work is the understanding of the three principles, and that the whole one of those principles is mind. It's the this idea that there's a um, you know an invisible energy, I suppose, that guides everything in in life. So whether that's, you know, the, the birds migrating at the right time, the leaves falling off the trees and regrowing at the right time, you know, all of that, that, that we're part of that too. And that there's mm -hmm. this unknown, invisible force that is always guiding us. Mm. Whether we know about it or not is, is irrelevant because it's there. And, and just hearing your story, it's like, you know, all, all those things just came together at the perfect time, yeah. at the point when you had reached that. Yeah, that, that end that point. point. Yeah, that it's this or it's that. And I think, um, I don't know whether you're familiar with Eckhart Tolle, but he talks of that same kind of point of, of having the realisation that I can't live with myself anymore. No. And, and in that, in that thought, I can't live with myself. He realised that there was kind of two things going on. There was the, there was the kind of I and myself. There was there was mm -hmm. there was the something watcher. other than what he yeah. was. Yeah. And it's just such a gorgeous, you know, example of how we may feel completely trapped in a in a situation, 
but whatever it was that moved that psychiatrist to remove that medication for you, mm, but yeah. then freed up some energy that allowed you to then go back to listening to non-duality uh, teachings that then allowed, you know, and it's like, mm. we can't direct any of that. We can't know when or how, or if that's going to happen, but just having some inkling that there's something other than us that's in control because of course when the psychiatrist was doing these things i was absolutely kicking and screaming yeah because i was petrified and scared and i was afraid that all the symptoms would come back yeah. um because it was scary it wasn't just oh, i don't mean to be disparaging to anybody that feels it but i wasn't just depressed or anxious like there was there was you know the mirror was going to suck me in and I was going to be pulled into the dimension and die you know and there was somebody waiting outside the door to kill me and you know it was petrifying by the, the world that my somehow my mind had created yeah. was a very 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 scary one yeah you know an intensely scary one uh so I was really kicking and screaming it was only when they were just came to the end of what they could offer Mm -hmm. um but the other thing that just occurs to me was um a couple of months later maybe the july i was like making the bed <laughs> and i felt a bit anxious i felt anxious i felt unhappy yeah. and i think in the past i've just gone oh no here i go again here it's happening again oh no yeah. it's out of my control and i just thought everybody feels a bit anxious sometimes wow. everybody feels depressed sometimes and it will pass and that was it. It was not being sucked in to that pattern that I had established for myself over decades. Yeah. When that happens, that means we're going there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really intrigued by that. What so what what was it? How did you how did you know that? I mean, like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was just a realization. Also, um, you know, I didn't have the best childhood. Like most people, I could pick things. I could pick out trauma that led to why this was happening. But um, something in me, I think, probably from listening to non-duality, was that the people that had caused my trauma were just doing it out of trauma. So there was that kind of realisation as well, is that I didn't have to be scared of them anymore or their effect on me. I could let go. So there was a lot of letting go as well of the past and all oh, the past was this you know the past has this effect on me um i mean i've only just started to read about three principles because the course we're doing i'm not don't know much but no. one of the revelations in that was oh it's not happening now yeah and um i think i kind of got that then i didn't have those words for it or that yeah thought but it was kind of and also that it would pass like the strong emotion however strong they are there's a there's a kind of thing isn't there like you know the strongest emotion whether that's joy or pain your body kind of can't hold it yeah <laughs> for I mean, long it will pass yeah and I that is an amazing thing to see isn't it and it's something that mm. I share when I'm working with kids because um when I talk about well-being with children, I kind of divide it into these five powers that we have that we're born with. 
And one mm. of those is is calm. It's this mm. exactly that idea that you cannot ever stay in a strong emotion. We never stay there. We don't have to do anything to get out of it. We mm. just reset to calm. We come back there. It's like we can yeah. go right up and right down. Yeah. But at some point we bob back to the surface. It's like you try and push a cork under the water. It's, it can't stay yeah. there unless you keep pushing it. When you let go, it bobs back to the surface. It's that that resilience that's built within us. That we're born with that we forget. And I'm lucky I live in a, you know, developed country and I have water and food and all those things. But the other thing that in this situation of living in a developed country and water and food is that I realise that most of the time we're okay. Like that was the other thing that was really clear to me was that even the sense of nothing really, you know, like you're not happy, you're not sad. Like if you think of in a 24 hour period, you might notice the times when you're really happy or might notice the times you're really sad, but say there for an hour, like for most of us, mm -hmm. you know, the rest of the 20 hours, we're, we're, right, we're just okay or we're not even thinking about it. Yeah, we don't even notice. No. So the vast majority of the time, we're okay. So that was another thing that kind of, I think I heard a spiritual, one of the non-duality teachers say that. I was like, oh gosh, yes. That was Catherine Ingram. I was like, yes, we're, we're, I'm okay most of the time. I'm concentrating, yeah. concentrating on the time. I'm clinging to the time I feel good and, and pushing away the time I feel bad or, or even more like, scared that the time I feel bad is going to completely yeah. and get engulfed and obscure everything which it did yeah for a long time yeah yeah and it's like even in the times when you feel good you're worrying about the the bad coming back so actually your whole experience is is, is of the bad focused on it yeah because that's what you're that's you can't think of anything else it's like yeah. even if it isn't your experience in that moment you're creating yeah the potential for it to be in the future with yeah. the fear and the and the and the thinking yeah but for you to see like i just i love the fact that you know we don't need to understand the three principles we need to never have even come across them we you know have no 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 experience whatsoever and yet you know what your story is so beautifully illustrating is that there 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 is their principles of life Hmm. principles behind how how our experience is created and yeah. whether you know of their existence or not it's the same for all of us yeah because that's why they're a principle isn't it because it's not it is an actual fundamental principle of life it's not not a sort of philosophy yeah or an exception like, in this yeah. instance, you know there are no yeah. exceptions and no. i just think what's so gorgeous is that you've only just been introduced to that, to that yeah. experience. <laughs> and for me when i heard about the three principles what it did was put a an explanation to what i had already known most mm. it was kind of like you describe you sort of you, you knew this stuff innately but you didn't have any words for it you didn't have a, a framework for it mm. and i think what's so helpful for me is to see oh that's why i did that or oh right it so i could trust myself i have got this wisdom yeah. with me that I, I kind of dismissed because I thought that my head was was telling me more important things, you know, and yeah. just, for me, it was such a relief to kind of have a an explanation, I guess, to, mm. to my suffering. 
Yeah. But it wasn't, for me, it wasn't the outside. I couldn't understand why I was unhappy because everything in my life was, there was nothing to be unhappy about. I had Mm. everything. If you looked into my life, you would think, well, why would she, there's no way she could be unhappy. Yeah. And then I realized that it was because it was, I was creating it through my thinking. I was living in a fearful, scary place because that's what, that's what I was churning over in my head. And the thing in the three principles that struck me when I read about them now is that I went the last time I went to see my therapist, my private therapist that we pay for with a credit card, was that um, she was doing an EMDR treatment on me, which, and we were by uncovering a new trauma, like we were uncovering yet another thing that had happened. Yeah, we were halfway through the protocol when it was time to go, and I came home and I said to my partner. I, I just don't want to dig at the past anymore. I'm just going to find more and more and more. I just want to concentrate on now. And because when I start, when I came off the dial, it started to move. I was joy filled to be alive. I mean, that's past. <laughs> but yeah. I was for about a year. I was like folding the clothes and cooking the food for my family was like the most delicious thing I could do. You know. Yeah. Um, but that realization that. I could dig forever and keep finding more and more. And I wrote to her and said, I'm not coming back. Thank you very much. But I need to concentrate on now, not the past. And she was like, but you're in the middle of a protocol. And I was like, it's okay. (laughs) So that's the three principles tells me that now, but that was, again, it was something that just seemed obvious in the moment. How, you know, you can, you will find something forever. You will keep finding the stuff. Yeah. And, and, and I love that. It's like, because the only way that we can experience all of that stuff is to bring it back into our thoughts. Yeah. And, and as soon as we think all of that stuff, as soon as we go back there, we have all of the experience. Well, you feel it in your body. Yeah. So yeah. there comes a time, I guess, when that doesn't make sense. And for you, you came to that conclusion that you had that insight that it doesn't make sense to go back there many people it will make sense you know we're not dismissing the the, the idea of having therapy and going back to the past is that's not you know what I would want to to get people to do at all but but it's it there comes a time that you may or may not see that that's helpful to you I mean I've had therapy on and off for like 30 years yeah. by then but and the one thing I do want to say about therapy is I think most most people in my I think my my opinion most people need to be heard mm-hmm. so that like therapy is fabulous yeah. but most people are not heard in that way it doesn't happen in everyday conversations very often yeah. I mean it can yeah and most people have to tell their stories first mm-hmm. their story heard mm-hmm. and that that is why a counsellor or a therapist or a coach is absolutely invaluable now I'm sure that there are people that can spontaneously realize these things and I think it is possible mm-hmm. I would say for most most of us who live in this this culture this society this world you know we have to be heard and there's something in the being heard that is so healing yeah. and being told that it's okay that you feel that way yeah the allowing yeah yeah you you talked about the 
you know, um, what you heard from the spiritual spiritual teachings about you know allowing the emotions mm -hmm. like so much so much of our energy is spent in trying to push away thoughts mm. and feelings that are uncomfortable that we don't want to have mm. and and i don't know about you but certainly in my experience the less i do that the, the more i allow them like you say they're already kind of trying to come okay. so, yeah <laughs> just the more we allow it the more more quickly it can pass it's like yeah. it need it almost needs it needs the space yeah i mean that's that's very simple isn't it that you know you just hear it all the time but what you resist persists yeah. that is just so like that is fundamental yeah to me it's like a fundamental truth and and just letting it in because it's already in you know you think it's not in oh this emotion i'm not going to feel it it's not in yeah. me yeah. sorry if you're doing that you're already trying to heave it out the door yeah. and then <laughs> the we're in. and then we're, we're focused on it then <laughs> our attention's on it it's like then that's that's it's going to be there mm. even if we, we're wanting to push you away it, we're effectively putting energy into it yeah. as you say when you when you allow it in it's like you you kind of almost surrender to it it can pass through yeah i did go through a long time of oh, what are you here for what do you want to tell me because that was the protocol i've been taught and i think it was valuable i wouldn't possibly even do that now yeah now i just let it in and and sit with it and, and let it through and sometimes it will tell me something and sometimes it won't but I, I think that was also for me that was a danger like oh this anger comes from when I was three and this yes. happened, you know so yeah. and every time something would come in I'd want to be chasing down the, the origin origin of yeah. it and you know so that that was kind of um something my mind did that was perhaps a little bit counterproductive but overall even starting that way it, I think it was a really good place to start. Oh, this anger is here. Why is it here? Or oh, this fear is here. Why is it? Oh, this fear is from when you were three. And this, and this happened. Well, of course. Yeah. You know, and yeah. of course, the other thing I kind of realized that I want, I kind of just coming to my mind to say, I don't know how relevant it is, is um, seeing that once you have this self identity, so for me, identity of victim, and all the decisions I made were from the decision of victim. So they were very good decisions. Yeah. So the, the life decisions I made from this identity I've created for myself were not good decisions, were not healthy decisions. And so the whole of life then folded into that that um, identity I created for myself. So that was really interesting as well. That was a realization. Oh my gosh! Like literally, relationship decisions, work decisions parenting decisions made from fear yeah and uh wow that was a biggie that's a huge thing to see isn't it mm. it's like we we create and we wear a pair of glasses you know whatever you called them victim. Filter. yeah, yeah. Well, it was what i called my it was a, i think it was an identity i invented for myself yeah yeah and we all do that best way i can describe it yeah and we all do that to what to a certain extent and and as you say when we have the that filter that's how we see all of life that there is there is kind of you know if you've got your 
I, I talk about it with kids, you know, if you've got your kind of low mood glasses on mm. and everything looks rubbish, like mm. the entire day is rubbish. And if you don't know that those glasses can change on their own, yeah. spontaneously, yeah. yeah, then you spend, you, it's just a, a complete misunderstanding. You yeah. get caught in that idea that, that that's how life is. And I love the way Cool. Yeah, I love that the B principle states an innocent misunderstanding because yeah. that feels so true. Because like obviously the decisions I made, even on going down the red the route of taking all the meds, it really affected my family, really affected my children, and I carried so much guilt for that, so much guilt, and like it that nearly drove me down again. Yeah, but I think realizing it's completely innocent. Yeah, innocently done. So even the, the the choosing to victim, well, you know, you don't think you choose it. <laughs> you don't see that you choose it until you see that you until you see. Yeah. But like it, I think it's really important to say to people that any situation you find yourself in, you any any thought you have, it's innocently done. Yeah. You know, falling into it, you're doing the best you can. Exactly. With the thoughts that you have. Yeah. 100% and the more we see that the more we have compassion for others as well mm. like they're just doing the best they can given where their thinking is if they yeah. think that they're I don't know that they're really useless mm. then their their behavior is going to come from that place yeah it, it's not it's never on purpose. It's just a misunderstanding. No, no it's never on purpose. It's it's uh, it's that is so freeing because I think a lot of people that are unwell in many different ways will be feeling guilt yeah. about how it affects other people and the impact. Mm -hmm. I think to know that it's innocent is huge, and to to act and then to the relationships that I've been like my relationships with my children are very different than they would have been if I'd have been well you know but there's almost like no point in thinking that because that's another thing that's just another thought like oh if only you know it's like yeah how, how now how is it now how can I be the best mom now how can I be you know the best player the best that I can be with them now wow I mean, there's so much power in that because there's so much talk of forgiveness and you know all of that kind of being a thing you need to do forgive yourself yeah the, but actually <laughs> if you can just see that in this moment like you know by you saying well how can i be with my children now in this moment yeah that's yeah. all that exists it doesn't we don't need to go back to oh, i could have done this or i should have done mm. that or i need to forgive myself because i because if we can live more in the moment which is the only thing that exists yeah there is we don't there's no need for guilt there's no need for yeah. going back and forgiving ourselves we did the best we could in that moment and now is now and it's a different moment so how can i move from this moment forward yeah and that is interesting because again this it's not from the three p's until they've confirmed it for me like i said and read about them for about two months that it's innocent i already knew that 
it kind of wasn't my fault. I'd already come to that from my own conclusion. But then looking back in the five years since my recovery, my relationship with my adult children had all been from the place of fault. So even though I was well, I'd been acting with them from a place of guilt, constantly tampering down, you know, keep it all down and make sure everything's all right because you've caused so much damage and it's all your fault. And to then to like be in the now, knowing, first of all, knowing that that was innocent Mm. and then being the best mum I can be now, that's, that's the, that's the thing that brings you back, back into centre. It's that it's for me, it's knowing both of those things. Mm. And now when I relate to them and speak to them, it's in a completely different place. So beautiful. Mm. Wow. What an in I, I just I just see it's such an inspiring story and <laughs> and and you know overall just the the thread throughout it all is this idea that 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 we are being guided that there is this mm-hmm. this invisible force that that is there if we can only turn towards it yeah and listen to it you know open up enough take a step away enough from the noise in our heads to see that this we have this inner guidance this inner guide that's always it's always got our backs it felt to me even more than that like it was given to me like i would not have gone to the bowen practitioner if i hurt my back and that she made a massive difference in not only the treatment which woke my body up but her presence and her experience was profound so it doesn't have to be like the psychologist you know it could be anyone yeah and what's amazing <laughs> that is that I think what I really want to pick out of that is you know you could you could have seen that problem with your back as being another issue to deal with another Mm. thing that was you know terrible about your life Mm. but actually looking back on it now you can see that actually that was a gift yeah it It allowed you to then explore the possibility of the bowen technique yeah like without that yeah that wouldn't have happened i wouldn't have gone there and then i wouldn't have gone there and but that that was why they were it was almost that for me I made a decision and I still come back to that. And the decision had things in the background, but it was still me going, this, this is it now. And because I was so overweight and so unfit and could barely walk, like just walking that half mile, you know, it took months to build up to that. Yeah. And you, you had to do the, the physio exercises every day. And you had, you know, like there, there was a determination in it. Yeah. You know, there was a, there was a commitment. I made a commitment to take the wellness journey. So not sure where that fits in, but like well, it was It just seems like, you know, we have we have will, we have we have power. Mm. We're not powerless. No. We can we can become over it seems like we can become overwhelmed by our the noise in our heads, by our mm. by our thinking and our beliefs and our, and everything else. But ultimately, we do have the power mm. to move outside of our situation to see that there could be something different. Mm. 
Yeah, that's why I've become really interested in the holistic healer because it does take into account the body was ended up being so important, such an important part of it. And the, and the wisdom of the body. Beautiful. <laughs> well, that seems like a good place to end. And I'm just so grateful that you've come and shared oh, stories. Thank you. I, th I just really wanted, I know quite a few, my, my niece has been diagnosed with all the same things I was diagnosed with, borderline personality disorder, you know, and this is it. She thinks it's for life and they're just increasing her meds and increasing her meds she's not in a place where she can hear me I just would really like to put this out if anybody's in the place I can hear any of this that will help them find their way to recovery that would be amazing yeah well thank you so much <laughs> and if people want to find out more about you you said that you had a website what, what how can people contact you and I do it's a bit of a weird one <laughs> it, 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 it's um Anthuse, which is A-N-T-H-O-U sai.co.uk that actually is a greek word for flower spirit oh. so that was why it's like a greek mythology so anthusday.co.uk wow. well i will put the link uh, in the show notes and in the in the comments um Thank section you. so people can can click on that and find out more about you and contact you if they'd like to thank you very much Vicky. oh thank you it's been lovely to speak thank you so much i will see you very soon yeah, thank you. Bye-bye.